Please note, the conversations had and the advice given in this podcast should not be considered a replacement for therapy. about dating, relationships, and sex. I'm Rachel Dalton, and here with me is my co-host, Anna Lovelace. Hello, everyone. Happy Well, when you're going to listen to this, it's not going to be Tuesday, but it's Tuesday for us. Yes, we are recording on a Tuesday. <laughs> uh, well in advance of when this is going up, but uh, we are doing... How, how are you doing on this fine fall Tuesday? Uh, you know, it's a little cloudy today, so I think anytime it's a little bit cloudy... Because I kind of, you know, work from home and I, and I kind of, it's like my own business. So it's on days when it's cloudy, I feel I get so much less done. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, really good. I feel that. I uh, you? I worked on my roof with my friend today in the afternoon when it got a little nicer. Oh, but nice. yeah, it's just, I feel like the like working from home life is just like starting to kind of where you know yeah yeah it's not i well it's funny because well with with the one particular thing i'm doing i would be working from home no matter what unless i guess Mm -hmm. i guess maybe if covid was not a thing uh maybe i would go to like a co-working space but maybe i wouldn't and i would still have the same problem (laughs) yeah who knows it's hard to say i feel like i mean i would like to think that so when people are listening to this, we're going to be, um, this episode is going to come out just a few days before the election. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, so by the time people are listening to this, we're really going to be, like, ramping up. But uh, when we're recording, we're still exactly two weeks out. And right. uh, I just feel like my anxiety is, you know, sky high. Yeah. I find results. So as a result of everything, uh, I find that a lot of myself included, a lot of people, but a lot of people around me have been uh, very anxious and quite literally to the point where they've been like scheduling something for every day they are live. Like, you know, like every night they're they're, you know, having dinner or they're, um, you know, making sure they're going to the gym, like everything is scheduled to a T. So I as as to kind of es- escape the yeah. thoughts escape the anxiety yeah i mean i'm finding it really depends for me uh after we record i'm considering taking a nap like some days i really want to get stuff done and other days i just feel like i'm in a bit of a slump these days so uh it's it'll be good i think i'm gonna do some yoga later tonight and hopefully that'll turn turn this frown upside down but uh i hope so um uh yeah, I just feel I feel like things are kind of starting to It's like the pandemic was already enough and we always we always knew that this was kind of in the background right. coming up. But now it's just kind of here and uh, yeah. that's it's a little it's just a lot. It's a lot at one time. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to have to deal with. Um yeah, yeah I fully fully agree. I do have, like, you want to say, like, listener mail? Yeah, I want to hear listener mail. So I had someone reach out to me who 
I suppose it's just started listening because they answered an earlier question, but I, I felt it was important. And I also actually feel someone else gave this answer, but it was an answer to what makes them feel sexy. And it was Great. wearing, yeah, wearing matching underwear, like an underwear and bra, even if oh, I yeah. have nowhere to go, even if there's no one to see it. You know, so. I get that too. Yeah, I totally, I, <laughs> I totally uh, can relate to that one. Yeah, I think it's like um, it's special. Even if it's for no one else, it's for it's special for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I've definitely noticed with like the pandemic and just spending a lot of time at home, I'm just not wearing underwear at all. Like I'll just wear you know some like boy short boxer short mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Just kind of let everything yeah. breathe a little bit. <laughs> but uh, so like when I do my when I do uh my laundry, I'm just like, oh, there's like. Only a few pairs of underwear here for like the week. That's bizarre. So I'm and I'm not wearing a bra like at all these days either. And if I am, it's like one of those like little bandeau thingies. Yep. yep it's yep. not anything. So I feel like I haven't worn a matching bra and underwear set in a very long time. Yeah, I can um I can really understand that. Uh the only time I really get dressed is when I am seeing my clients. So Yeah. Like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'm even of... still in, like, PJ bottoms because they really only can see, you know, shirt up, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's wearing. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, it's okay, you have, you have, uh, the listener mail of, uh, what makes a listener feel sexy. Thank mm-hmm. you for mm-hmm writing in i love hearing that oh i wanted to give a shout out to um my friend sarah who assisted with uh an ad that we recorded for the network oh yeah thank Uh, you yeah we recorded that um last week and you know though it will not be airing on this podcast because that would be a little weird for us to promo (laughs) our own own podcast. podcast you'll be able to hear it uh on other uh, podcast on the network. Uh, I think Pot of Love is planning on running it in the next coming weeks. So uh, thank you, Sarah, for uh, helping us with that ad yeah. read. Um, it was a real really like appreciate it. one and doneer too. It was like easy. Yeah. Thank you. The best. Yeah. So uh, that's the business, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we can like get into it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else other than, you know, just the monotony of life to discuss. <laughs> just getting through it. Uh, I laugh so I don't cry. Uh, I feel like both of our voices are like, you know, you can just hear that we're both like, all right, here we, here, we're here. You know what? Better to express it and get it all out there than to repress as what yeah. I always say. Yeah, this is so, this is us, you know, this is real. We're just as tired as you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh regardless, we're here to talk about uh relationships and hopefully we're both a little less like I don't know what we were on last week, but um <laughs> hopefully it was endearing to everyone. Uh yeah, but uh we're here uh, our topic today is a little more somber. Mm, yeah. Um, but also hopeful in a way, I would say. We're going to be talking about um, when a relationship ends, uh, how do you get over it? Yeah. What do you do? Oof. I think that's a big question. Um, that's a very big question. And kind of like therapy, there, there are a lot of right ways to do it. 
Um, of course, there are like a couple of like for sure wrong ways. Like, you know, maybe destruction of property would be something that I would, uh, you know, stray away from if if at all possible. Um, you know, <laughs> I love how you're like I'm not condemning it, but like maybe think about not think about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like here, you know, I'm not ever here to tell you right and wrong because that's relative. What I'm here to say is maybe think about the decisions and, and really ultimately, you know, will, will these things make you feel better in the long run? Um, and oftentimes things like that, usually in the long run, it's a no. Maybe in the moment, it's like a hell yeah. But then right. afterwards, you're like, oh, oh God. Um, same with uh, punching someone in the face. Uh, it would mm-hmm. be something I would invite you to think about, even, even though sometimes we are very upset at the end of a relationship. And I think it's normal to, like, self-soothe a little bit. Um, I've definitely seen that at the end of relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on my part. I um, make a pretty conscious effort in my relationship with alcohol um, because I uh, alcohol addiction does run in my family. Ooh, mm-hmm. my voice just cracked. <laughs> um, alcohol, my voice is even tired. My brain's tired. My body's tired. My voice is tired. Um, but, yeah, because alcohol addiction does run in my family um, – I make a very conscious effort to not drink when I'm sad. Yeah, which is great. Um, um, yeah, that's but I know that's a, a lot of people one. do. Right. Yeah, I, I would say as a therapist, I'm inclined to also kind of say, um, you know, being aware of why you're using drugs or alcohol is something super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's to dull or to medicate. Um, that's not a very good reason. Um, you know, well, just think about it. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I don't know. So so here's the thing. I think everyone copes in different ways. And if that's the coping mechanism for an evening, you know, do it up. If it's oh, yeah, the coping evening, mechanism sure, yeah. every day, 24 hours a day, yeah. maybe that's when we're like, hey, let's think about what's going Completely on. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you have an off day and you're like, I mean, I've definitely had that where where it's a, a situation where I'm like, I've had a really tough day. I'd like to have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I always am doing this, these mental things first where I'm trying right. to think about, okay, is this something that I'm doing to numb? Is this something that I'm doing to dull? You know, did I, was that my impulse the last time I was sad? You know, that type of thing. And I also, you yeah. know, um, try, I try to keep drinking as a more social thing. Right. Um, yeah, awareness. That's that's maybe all we're welcoming. Some awareness and some insight to, okay, I want to use this as my coping skill. Um, you know, what is it that I need to cope with right now? Right. Now, I want to ask you something um, a little bit about, like, gender relations. And again, you know, my experiences uh, with boyfriends. Mm-hmm. But something that I've definitely noticed in my relationships between the genders I'm thinking about a couple different relationships actually mm-hmm. uh, that I've been in where the guy has broken up with me mm-hmm. and seemingly bounced back incredibly quickly. Okay. Um, like went, what started going out and dating started. I mean, this, my ex-boyfriend, we were living together and he was going out on a date and asked me how he looked before he left, which is just, like still kind of makes me sick to my stomach that somebody would do that. Just that's a lack of awareness right there. Yeah. 
Um, but just like this uh, going out and like starting to like just almost being social and dating and jumping right back into it because that's what you feel like you're supposed to do, hmm. but not processing it fully. Whereas I, on the other hand, have a tendency to cry, scream, be in a lot of pain, mm-hmm. journal, like go through a lot of the feels. Um, you know, I know some people cope by uh, – there's that uh, stereotype that, you know, women are in front of the the couch with the rom-coms and they're crying with the ice cream. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm going through a breakup, I don't eat. I usually lose 10 pounds um, and my friends get really worried about me. Yeah. Uh uh, just because it, it just sets in and I, I just can't keep anything down when I'm going through heartbreak. Um, and that goes off heartbreaks of all kinds, not just uh, romantic relationships. There are other ways you can have your heart broken. Yeah. But what usually ends up happening in these situations that I've noticed is that the guy seemingly gets over it, starts dating immediately, starts seeing other people immediately, um, being social with their friends all the time, going out drinking, partying all the time. Right. I'm sitting there feeling miserable, but then a few months go by and I start to feel better and they yeah. start reaching back out to me again. Right. And then a few more months go by and I'm over it and they're back. <laughs> <laughs> and um it just kind of it I've read a little bit about this that you know just the way that that uh men and women tend to process these types of things are a little bit different that uh, women tend to like really immediately, and I know that this isn't particularly gender. These are a lot of uh, stereotypes that I'm throwing out there right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I'm just going based off of what I've like you know heard in my research. Um, that just men have a tendency to just try to bounce back right away, and they don't necessarily reflect on the feelings. They don't reflect on the relationship, and they just try to move forward. Whereas women, or maybe it's just you know people who are a little more aware and open to feeling emotions have more of a tendency to like let themselves feel and that means that they're moving on actually in the end is a little more genuine hmm. what do you what do you think about do you see that um, um i would say that i don't see it as something that usually is gendered just because i've seen a lot of um loss right mm-hmm. so that's romantic loss that could be uh, a partner dying that could be mm-hmm. um like all these other traumatic things but i suppose i don't see it very gendered and i and i kind of just see it as you know through that grief and loss lens of everyone is going to experience a loss differently everyone copes differently and um i think that some people experience and start to grieve a loss right away right the crying we need time we kind of Maybe there's some shock involved and, you know, just a lot of feelings. And some people move right into the space of, uh, like, planning almost. Like, I, you know, I need to have my nights planned. I need to be going out. I need sure. to be exercising every day. Like, I need to get back out there. Um, or if we're talking about, like, a death, like, I need to plan this funeral. Like, you know, it's kind of in the space of either we are of maybe this emotional grieving this emotional mind or we're of this kind of um like planning and uh like logical mind yeah and i guess it makes sense that in my experience and just seeing who i've been in relationships with that Mm -hmm. 
that would appear to be a little more gendered. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting thing to witness. Um, I feel like when once I'm over something, I genuinely am over it. Yeah. Well, and um, I think it takes it, time. Yeah, it, de- it definitely doesn't. I think it depends on the type of grief that you're experiencing. Like you know, there there are there's said to be different types of grief, um, but one of them is that kind of you want to say like delayed. Right. So maybe this, we're the person who goes for logic right away and we're planning and we're out. And then all of those things are just distractions. So when we run out of steam, when we run out of energy, all of those emotions hit us. And it feels like this delayed experience of like, well, why do I feel this now a year from when this thing happened? Right. Um, and I think that can happen in a bunch of different cases. But yeah, I, I find that uh, it really depends on the person what kind of grief uh, you're gonna see and i think like i said there's no you know there's not there's not a lot of wrong ways to grieve uh but there are several right ways and and different Mm -hmm. ways and different things that can look like well and even if there's no like wrong ways there might be ways that are more effective or more healthy you know sure um but I think that like that's one of the one of the biggest things I've thought about at the end of a relationship is you know how people grieve, mm-hmm. um, and I mean I guess for me I would just I'm coming at this you know from not a therapist perspective sure. right so I'm coming at this from this position of I think that in the long run it's going to be a lot easier for you and a lot easier. Um, down the road if you just feel the feels because <laughs> uh, like I mean I've again I've been in situations where you know I felt the feels immediately the other person feels the feels later and it's like well yeah if you had come to me four months ago and said you wanted to get back together then like we'd be back together now but we're past that now obviously that all worked out um for the best for me but right it's uh I don't know I I am not one to encourage repressing. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose not. It's not always a conscious thing when we don't grieve, right? It, it's it for those of us who have like this the some amount of like insight, self awareness, and kind of can be like, okay, and, and honestly, are in a healthy enough place to grieve. Mm. Uh, by all means, grieve. But I do think that some people can't. Sometimes it's a traumatic loss. Some people can't handle the loss, period, because of all the other negative things are going on in their life. Um, Some people really just can't process that grief when it's happening. Um, It could be like like trauma-related, built-up traumas. Like there is so much more, uh, and and so much more. Like it's it's much more complicated than you should just feel it because then you'll you know get it over with. Because I think. A lot of people would probably choose, if they were aware, if they could, yeah, to just cry now and and then be able to move on. Uh, I don't know if it's always this conscious choice. I think for those of us, it is a conscious choice. We're we're very lucky. (laughs) Yeah, I guess my experience has been with people where it's been a conscious choice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, I think in what I see... Uh, you know, it, it's not it's not related to trauma. It's not related to loss. It's related to somebody just being like, nope, I refuse to feel these feelings. Um, not it's just because it does not 
it does not um help me at all to feel the feelings hmm. uh, but that's that's uh this particular person's personal issue of course so. yeah, yeah yeah well and that also like you're saying right that's gonna catch up so yeah. whether we feel it or not now we're certainly gonna feel it later and honestly it is probably good that that person felt it later so then you were already over it when they came back yeah um you know it's actually a really interesting story um i you know was living with this person and we broke up he broke up with me um we were together for four years and then uh yeah he broke up with me i had to move out it was an incredibly traumatic experience it felt like um and then um uh we like started to like kind of see each other in like a friendly way afterwards and i guess kind of like began dating again but like not like together and like not seriously just you know we'd see each other occasionally um and then i realized that he was dating other people and so i was like well fuck it i'm gonna date other people too so i signed up for uh an online dating app and my first online date was my partner so uh yeah go go figure uh it's interesting how that (laughs) works out everything works out when it's supposed to (laughs) yeah and it's kind of funny because really when when we look at that when we look at the behavior of like oh well this person is doing this thing and we do the thing in spite versus being like hey can we talk about you know this how this made me feel you're right you didn't lean into that because for whatever reason, something was telling you that it wasn't worth it. And so you ended up finding someone where the communication was worth it, right? Right. So I think that that tells you, that action in itself tells you that even though you were dating that person, that they're really, you you couldn't, the, probably if it was unconscious or consciously, you didn't see a future. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, this person ended up a week later, um, you know, admitting that they still had feelings for me. And <laughs> at that point, it was like, oh, <laughs> had some choices to make. Um, yeah. You know, but it all it all worked out. It all worked out for for the best. Um, but yeah, I I just think I guess because I have such personal experience with people. God, this is so relevant to my life right now. Um, <laughs> not in my relationship, but just in other ways. Just repressing unhealthily repressing mm-hmm. um i find it very frustrated because they put it on me and make me feel like i'm wrong for feeling hmm. um and i get very very frustrated with that um and so i think in that's why you know my tactic and i certainly understand why it's not for everybody but because of my own personal experiences you know my tactic is like no just feel it just like feel it and <laughs> Get it all out there. Feel the feels, you know. Uh, it'll it'll be easier in the long, and it will. I mean, at the end of the day, it will be easier in the long run because you know you're you're not going to have to deal with it later. You're it hurts a lot in the beginning, and it'll. I mean, that's the thing about breakups is it's it's just going to hurt a little bit less every day. Yeah, well, and I think there's something to. I believe it's called integrated grief. Um, so it's like particular style of grieving that is it's said to be quote unquote like the healthiest way to grieve um it's kind of looking like 
you know, you're, and this is, you know, maybe like the first two to, to like two weeks, two days to two week span, you're kind of crying every day and it's an awful time, but mm-hmm. integrated grief kind of happens in the way of, uh, I'm able to go to my job. I'm able to take care of myself. I'm able to function. I am also able to, to come home and still cry about this loss and still feel sad and, and still mm-hmm. understand that it has an impact on me. Um, so it's kind of sharing the space with, I'm able to function. I am, and I'm also able to feel these things. Definitely. Right? So I, I think that ultimately is, you know, the ideal. Um, of course, but we're not perfect. <laughs> exactly, and and that's the thing with you know, feel it right away and, and get it out of the way. Um, it would be great, <laughs> but a lot of people, even if there's not trauma, really, really struggle with vulnerability. I think that's just something for people i'll say i don't know i'll speak to just america because that is my scope but for people in america vulnerability is something that is super difficult um and you know feeling those emotions and being sad and communicating with that person of oh i miss you i understand why we had to do this but this is very painful for me like does not exist (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny my um I feel like sometimes communication is better during the breakup than it can be throughout the entire relationship, which is just very bizarre. <laughs> just because that vulnerability is there, you know, you are having a harder time hiding those feelings or hiding that hurt. And also, uh, honestly, I believe that if you're the person who's doing the breakup, um, the hard part's over. So now you can be vulnerable. Now you can slow down. Now you can hear the other person's thoughts and feelings because. I think a lot of people get very anxious and, you know, caught up in the, oh, oh my God, I don't want to hurt this person. Mm-hmm. And then we are in a relationship for like three years that we don't want to be in. And like, yeah. I think once it's over and done and we create that space, it's much easier for us to even consider someone else's feelings or sit down and be vulnerable once we kind of are less anxious. Yeah. Cause like you've worked, you know how you feel. And so it's your, you know, job, your responsibility really to, you right. know, be as gentle as possible with the other person Mm -hmm. because you know where you're at and so you have to you know gently break the news to another person yeah um and you know i think maybe we should talk about like people who are this the person who is doing the breakup person who is receiving the breakup and if there's a mutual breakup and like kind of talk about how those Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of look or the exits look well, before um, we do that, I have a question, yeah. uh, which is is related to this. Yeah. Uh, and it, you can answer it personally or you can answer it more through the, through the um, lens of what you see, you know, with clients. Sure. And I guess I'll just, instead of like asking a question, I'll state my experience mm-hmm. and you can say whether like, you know, you agree or not. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever a breakup happens, I see it coming. In some way, shape, or form. Very rarely is it out of the blue. Hmm. I think that's lucky. <laughs> really? Really. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's just that, like, I'm perceptive or I kind of always, I'm, like, expecting, like, worst case scenario. Um, yeah. So I'm always kind of expecting the other shoe to drop. But, yeah, I feel like, I feel like if my partner right now broke up with me, I would be absolutely blindsided. Right. Um. But all of my other relationships that have ended, like, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I think... So you're saying that's not the norm? I, I would I would say that it's, like, 50-50. Like, there is no 
norm. And I think it really depends on the person as well, right? If we're someone who uh, is very perceptive or we're someone who is always expecting the worst case scenario. So when that happens, we're never surprised, right? It depends on like the actual human being as well, because if we're someone who is always, you know, unfortunately in a good space of like, I'm very positive, like I'm trying to make this work and then someone breaks up with us, it's going to feel out of nowhere no matter what. So I think it- it depends on the relationship, but it also depends on the person who is uh, getting broken up with. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think, uh, yeah, that definitely makes sense to me. So as like, um, if when there's somebody who's like doing the, the breakup, like what what is the best way, what is the best way to break up with somebody, I guess? It's like, <laughs> I've only oh done God. it like a handful of times. Um, hey, well, have you ever experienced have you ever experienced a good breakup where someone broke up with you and you were like, I can respect this. Okay. I understand. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there's, I mean, and I'm not just saying this, you know, how like a lot of like guys say like, Oh my, my, my ex girlfriend's crazy. You know, when it's really just that, like they're like an asshole. Uh, right. a number of my ex boyfriends have done truly really truly awful things to me um that i will not go into but uh uh, i mean so yeah like in the moment it seemed like it was a breakup where it was like yeah but then like later down the line they did something that was absolutely all of my breakups in the moment felt okay Mm. and even if i was upset it was like okay i understand you know i care a lot about you i want the best for you all of my breakups felt like that in the actual breakup moment okay but the fallout was not is ne- was never pretty ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, um, and you know it's funny. I don't know if there's like a blueprint. I think tr- truth be told, no matter what is happening, if you're breaking up with someone, it's gonna be sad. You're gonna hurt Definitely. them. You know, it's not. It doesn't have to be this malicious, horrible thing, right? You know, any time where we've decided a relationship doesn't work anymore and it doesn't suit either of us, that's tough and it's going to be tough. So genuinely, I think the best way to go about it is being honest, but being concise, right? So you don't need to tell this person literally everything that they've ever done wrong because that's not cool. Right. <laughs> uh, you don't need to be honest to the point of, um, you know, I really don't think our sex is good and I have no hope that it's going to get better. And I think your penis is weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if that is the truth, you, you don't need to say that. Yeah. Be kind. Right. So it's, it's telling the truth to the point where you can, you know, have a sense of like closure and, and someone can understand your reasoning, but not to the point where you are being, yeah, harmful or hurtful mm-hmm. or you're telling you something that isn't really constructive and it's just painful. So I think the best way is just honest, concise. Um, yeah, and, and kind of like that least harm uh, as you can, you know, doing your best. And definitely mm-hmm. um, firm, I firm. would say. Uh, and yes. the... I, like I said, I, I've ended one long, long-term relationship and I've ended some like, you know, casual dating scenarios where people wanted to keep seeing me and I didn't want to keep seeing them. Yeah. Um, but, and I found that being firm is very important because holy fuck, do people try to talk you out of it? Yes. Like firm. what the fuck? 
Bizarre. Yeah. Firm and also boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. He said no. (laughs) Yeah. That is bizarre. I don't think anyone has ever tried to be like, nope, we're not breaking up. And when I was breaking up with them, they've always just been like upset. Like me. Yeah, no. Uh my my first boyfriend tried to talk me out of it multiple times. Even made threats oh. of self-harm. Oh no. Um so yeah, he's a he's the worst person. He's certain, well, it sounds for sure that he is struggling with mental health se- severely. Yeah. Um I mean, we were also teenagers, so. Yeah. Right. No, I'll do it. That but no, sense. he's also a sick person. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. And it also might be a good space, you know, if the person is clearly sobbing, like take a a break, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. if they're freaking out. But I do find that it is important to follow up with a conversation surrounding boundaries, um, and after effects, especially if it's a long-term relationship or you live together, you know, there's going to be, yeah, now there's going to be, I need my stuff. There's going to be, okay, we bought these things together, so what does that look like? So it's yep. discussing, you know, how how would you like to move forward? Um, these are my boundaries. This is this is my plan, um, you know, and kind of discussing it with that person, especially long-term, because, you know, you've been with that person for a long time, and, it, and even if you're leaving that person, hopefully it is still with a certain amount of uh, respect and kindness, and it hasn't gotten to the point of, like, resentment and I'm getting the fuck out of here, right? Yeah, Hopefully absolutely. we're dealing with those, you know, feelings before they get to that point. Yeah, um, I completely agree. So I think that, and like, if you're the person, so if you're the person, you know, doing the breaking up, I feel like you have more responsibility, um, you know, in some in some ways, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. in that, like, you really need to think through how you're going to deliver this news. Whereas if you're the person being broken up with, I feel like you need to um i mean you you just have to respect that this is where this person is coming from and that this is their decision and that even if it's not the way that you would have had it that's where you are yes and i would also like to say something in regards to the person breaking up with the other person and kind of like dually right you know if it's been a long-term relationship and you feel that you want to give an explanation of why you're leaving and that's how it's going down. Um, I, I think that is kind. And also if you are not feeling safe in that relationship or you're not in the space to do it at the, that point, or it's a new relationship or, you know, you're casually dating this person and you're not interested. I also do want to leave space for like, you don't owe anyone uh, anything. Yeah, as my favorite author, Cheryl Strayed, says, wanting to leave is enough. Right. Yeah. You know, it's especially, oh, God, you know what? Now I'm having some memories of the people, for whatever reason, who take it the worst are, like, people that I'm not even in a relationship with, people I, I've gone on, like, two dates with, and I'm like, sorry, this is not going to work. I get really angry, and I'm like, yep. what? <laughs> who are you? Like, how dare you? Or, like, entitled. Um, like but like it's like went so well and you're like that's great that you felt that like I didn't feel that yeah and and that's the point especially in those times you know and I want to say especially and I I am going to make it gendered for a moment but like women 
um, non-binary individuals, trans individuals, like those of us who are in that kind of minority population, um, sometimes we have to move, make a move for safety and, and yep. we got to go. Like, and Absolutely. those of you who are not under that category, you need to be kind and understanding and okay, I know that it is painful and I know that it's a little, maybe we didn't give you an exact reason why, but you need to listen to, hey, we're done. That's that's it. Yeah, And respecting absolutely. people's boundaries is super important. <laughs> Both as the breakupper and the breakup e, I think, yes. uh, especially. But so once, when all is said and done and the breakup occurs, you know, whether it's a situation where, um, whether it's a situation where like it's long-term and you've been living together, which I think, I mean, I can speak from personal experience that that's one of the most painful things I've ever been through was um, extricating my life from uh, another person's and um, I have to say I'll actually have to link there's a, a modern love piece in the New York Times called security in a bright yellow suitcase that really kind of encapsulates uh, what it has been like to kind of start to enmesh my life with another person's again um, it's absolutely a beautiful piece I'll, I'll definitely put it in the show notes um, but once you're once you're out you are left with the task, both people, and I think there's a lot of assuming that the person who did the breaking up isn't in pain, but that's, you know, not true in all cases, maybe in yeah. some. Um, but what do you do to move forward? Hmm. It's a big question. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely validating um, both people can be in pain after a breakup, no matter what the situation has been. Um, but what do you do afterwards? I think it all depends, right? Like, I think you just kind of listen to your body, listen to your thoughts that are coming up and like honor what those things are saying. Like take, basically take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. I mean, I can say for me, it's a lot of talking to my friends. It's a lot of writing. Um, it's a lot of singing, you know, uh-huh. uh, singing out my feelings like I'm in a musical. Um, but it also is, uh, I feel like I grieve for a while and then I hit a point and I don't really know at what point this, com- maybe it's like two or three months. I guess it kind of deter- depends on the length of the relationship, but I hit this point where I just decide that I want to be better. Hmm. Um, and that's not even necessarily like that I'm, I don't think that I'm good enough for anything. It just means that I hit this point where I'm desperate to be okay again. Right. And so I decide to start taking those steps towards that. And, you know, what I find is I start taking steps in my, um, like I try to break it down and think about like, how can I take steps in my career that make me feel like I'm achieving something? Because when it comes down to it for me, and I don't know, um, if this is the case for other people, but at the end of a relationship, the thing that is the hardest is the loss of self and the loss of self self worth. Mm. And so to go back into, you know, my life and go, all right, like what can I do to feel some control in this area of my life? What can I do to feel more positive in my mental health space? What about my physical health space? What relationships can I nurture in my life with my family, with my friends? Um, you know, what uh what can I do like to make my home feel like a safer space that makes me feel welcome and calm? 
Um, I just try to start making changes that will start to inject some positivity. And that's usually when that's happening. That's like the game changer moment for me. I actually love that you brought that up. So the fact that after the relationship that that's something that you do, I think is great. Um, and I think is super helpful because you are making that transition to, all right, this part of my life didn't go so great, but all of these other parts are now mm-hmm. going to go really great. I would, I would like to say that I want everybody to know that we should strive to have that always. Right. When we're having all of our eggs in one basket and that basket falls, all the eggs are cracked. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. When we're in a relationship, I think that we can be very attentive and very kind and very caring and, you know, be 100% with this person. But they shouldn't be our whole. They shouldn't be the only thing we're paying attention to. They shouldn't be the only time, the only um, thing we're spending time with. They shouldn't be our whole world because. Right when it ends, we're absolutely devastated, and we're like, "What the hell? Like, who am I? What's happening?" Right? You you lose everything. So ultimately, the kind of framework for these kind of effective and more healthy relationships, uh, and the type of people who are able to be in them are 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 those who are you know still putting effort into friendships, work, mm-hmm. uh, things they enjoy. And also that partner, right? They're they're independent and they also love this person, care for this person, and want to be with this person. Absolutely. That's something that was a really big takeaway from my last relationship is I just realized I don't want to ever make another person my whole life again. It's not yeah. fair to me and it's not fair to them Yeah. Um, at the end of the day. Uh, and um, it's definitely something that I've taken with me into, you know, my current relationship that my partner is a very important part of my life, but um, in the beginning, I still made a very conscious effort to, you know, create a little bit of, you know, we've talked before about how when I first start dating somebody, I I try to create a little bit of distance. And part of that is because I'm trying to protect myself mm-hmm. to not make another person my world, you know, um, because if I, if I invest too much too soon, then I, I risk that again. Um, so, you know, in the beginning of my current relationship, I, I did try to like create some space. Um, and I'm not even talking about emotional space, but, uh, you know, just, I didn't jump into spending all this time with them right away. I still tried to like maintain my relationships with my friends. Um, you know, I still spent most of my time in my own home. I didn't move in right away. Um, because I I just know from experience how how dangerous that experience of making another person your entire life can be, and so when a relationship is over, it those are always really important steps to me for me. Um, I yeah. I'm trying to even think like I mean my last relationship is really the most recent example I had. The last breakup that I had before that, I think I was like 22, <laughs> right. so it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, my last relationship was definitely the most significant, um, the most significant uh, breakup, you know, of my of my life thus far. Uh, but I still think that that, like, even if the other person isn't your whole life, that still is true to some degree, even if you know they're not. 
that you kind of need to regain some because your ego is bruised when somebody says to you I don't want to be with you anymore your ego is going to be a little bit bruised and so there's some like self-love that really needs to come back into play yeah and you know what's funny now that we're talking about it all the things that I want to say are not in relation to like how to get over the last one but in relation to how to go into the next one yes and be able to do uh, you know hopefully not have another breakup but like also be able to do a breakup where it isn't that devastating thing again well it's kind um, of the same thing right how to get over one how to get into the next i mean if you decompress one then you're going to be at a better place to get into the next one in a more healthy spot right exactly so basically the cure is being a healthier person with better communication and yep. honoring your grieving like those are the things that are going to help you afterwards and help you throughout your life so it's it's kind of like gaining these skills and then doing your best to like, I don't know, use them in the next one. But I feel like I was going to yeah. say something and now I friggin' lost it. I get that. That's, I feel like that's been my life for the past week. What were we talking about? We were talking about, oh God. Making a person your life. Mm-hmm. Um going from one relationship to the next in a healthier way, what it comes down to is really becoming a healthier person as an individual so that you can, I mean, and that's, I mean, what I think it comes down to too, is if you can be a better person as an individual, you're going to be a better person to be in a relationship with. Yeah. Oh God, here we go. I got it. So (laughs) it's also knowing your values, know your values. My God, know. And this is hard because you know, I don't think we fully know who we are our entire lives and that and that evolves and I think that's complex and can be flexible. But know your needs and know your values. The values are those things that don't really change too much. You can't compromise on them. And so it's when you go into a relationship, knowing what you cannot compromise on will help you to, to have those boundaries, to not kind of get... Um, you know, to, to not make this person your whole life because you have your set boundaries, you have your set values, right? Um, if you're someone who doesn't want kids and the partner that you're with wants kids, you can kind of see that that is going to be an issue, right? Like it's knowing those things before you enter a relationship, before you get five years down the line mm-hmm. and you're like, oh shit, I still don't want kids. I thought this was going to change. Like know your values. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely uh, something that I had to deal with early on in my relationship was, you know, I knew my partner didn't want kids. And I just had like never particularly thought about how I felt about it. I always I'm from, you know, the Midwest. Um, I always just kind of assumed that I would, but I never Mm -hmm. thought about really what I what I wanted. Um, So that was really important for me uh, to like do some serious thinking about, is this a non-negotiable? Is it something that I want? Is it you know, what does a life with this look like? What does a life without this look like? But like, you have to know because that's something that, I mean, that among other things, like, you know, knowing where you want to live, knowing what kind of like lifestyle you exactly. want. Exactly. These are the things that like you said are not going to change. And you need to know because if you go in thinking, like you said, like, oh, like this might change or, you know, I'm sure I can deal with it. That's something that's just going to breed resentment down the road. Oh, Without a doubt. And, you know, these are important things to know, even if you're dating with not the, you know, goal of marriage or long term in mind, 
these are things to just know for yourself, right? You can date someone uh, who doesn't have the same values of you if you'd like, as long as you are like honest and open up like, hey, we don't really align and this is like something that I'm excited about right now, but I need to let you know like this is just something that is more casual for me, right? Yeah, like you something can... that has an expiration date. Exactly. You can mm-hmm. do, well, you can't do whatever you want. You can do a lot of things as long as you communicate and you're honest and you're upfront about things. Yep. Yep, that's what we do as adults. We state our our needs mm-hmm. and we wait for the other person to say if they're willing to meet them. Right. But it's our responsibility to state our needs. Right. Right. So it's all of these things being once we have these things, once we're healthy, you're like, then when our relationship ends, we will still be sad. Right. We will still. And that's what that's why that that concept of integrated grief will be easier. Right. We'll still be sad. We'll still have these feelings. We'll still cry. We'll still maybe maybe I you know, maybe we do want to eat a bunch of Ben and Jerry's on the couch, whatever or whatever. Maybe, yeah. We need to go out with our friends because we need to be distracted, right? We're still going to grieve and be upset. And we're also going to be able to function. We're also going to be like, you know, I understand that this ended, but I am no less of a person. I'm still worthwhile. I have, yeah. I, I'm very confident in myself no matter what. And I'm going to be able to move through this because I have all of these other things that are great. And this idea that like, no matter what happens, you can handle it. Right. Which, you know, I feel like I return to over and over again in, in this uh, podcast. But yeah, I think that's it's faith in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, above all else, it's it's the faith that you're going to be able to handle whatever's thrown at you. Right. Right. Which I think takes a lot of time to get up to um, and, and really feel and feel confident. Um, so I do think not everybody's at that space right now and can be like, you know what? Yes, I, I'm confident and no problem and I can get through this, right? So in the meantime, you know, have other coping skills, right? Uh, I know a lot of people like struggle to not text their ex. Mm-hmm. So that is like a common thing that I will talk with a lot of my clients of like, okay, instead of texting your ex, find like two best friends you're just going to oscillate between and text them, right? we're placing those habits so we're doing those really concrete things that create distance and make a breakup easier right it's kind of both and like of course i would love for us to like be a ball of confidence and and fire and be able to do whatever we want to do and feel great and also there are habits we need to break there are there are concrete things that are just hard so it's knowing how to cope with those things and kind of you know it it is going to be person by person but do you know, talk with a therapist, talk with a friend, like, do what's going to work, do what feels okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I encourage all the talking. I think that uh, as somebody who my mom calls it orally processing, as somebody mm-hmm. who like really, I mean, I we have a fucking podcast for fuck's sake, like, <laughs> like the epitome of orally processing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, talking, talking it out is like really what what like works uh for me and I know for a lot of other people in my life um and you know your friends get it they might be annoyed with it at some times and you know you're gonna have to respect whatever boundaries they put up um because they're not gonna be able to deal with it all the time Mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah like they love you and they want you to be better and like we've all been through it at one point or another so I think that's like important to remember too is that like 
not to not to invalidate anyone's experience, but you're not alone. You know, other people have been through this mm-hmm. and have gotten through it and have entered very, very happy relationships after the fact. And yeah. you will too. Yeah. At some point, right? And and honestly, maybe after that, you don't want a relationship. Maybe you don't want one ever again, whatever. And you just have a bunch of friendships or a bunch of gold retrievers, like whatever the fuck you want. But it's making sure that you feel healthy and that you know what you're doing because you want to do it, not because... Um, you know we're hiding from feelings or you know a myriad of different reasons like just getting to a place where you feel okay again whether that's in a relationship later down the line or not definitely yeah because at the end of the day like I mean I adore my partner I think he's the uh the the best thing that's ever been put on this earth (laughs) Um, since sliced bread I think he's incredible um but that being said never again will I put somebody before me I'm my number one and I say to him I say I love you I love you so much but I love me more Mm -hmm. and that's okay people like like to say that like selfishness has a really negative connotation but like you should be your number one oh yeah 100% all the time, right? Because nothing else works unless you are taken care of. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I guess like that's the, I mean, how to get over the end of a relationship, how to break up with another person. It it involves integrity. It involves Mm -hmm. faith. It involves being truthful with yourself, being truthful with, you know, your partner that you're ending things with or that things are being ended with but i also i guess one one last uh thing to say is uh it took me a really long time to learn this but true closure comes from within yeah yeah it's it might not come from i used to have conversations and conversations and conversations with my exes trying to get closure but like when it comes down to it you that's going to come from inside of you yeah and unfortunately I've seen that a lot. Um, I've seen a lot of people be like, well, I need to reach back out because I need closure. And in reality, you may never get it. Um, and also if that partner is, you know, disappeared from your life, moved to a different state, refuses to talk to you or has died, you're not going to get it. And, and that sucks. And you have to grieve that. And you have to grieve that you're not going to get that closure but we have to do something to be able to move on. And and really and truly, it does come from being okay with yourself and being okay and allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to move on. I like symbolic acts. I like writing a letter and then burning it over a fire. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really common form of closure that I have done more than once. Um, Like there are there are things that you can do to like try to find peace within yourself because ultimately it doesn't matter why the other mm-hmm. person did what they did they did it they're gone and it right. sucks right and you need to pick up the pieces and move forward that's your responsibility is you need to take care of you what where they're at doesn't matter anymore right so um i don't know like i feel like this uh was kind of like interesting because we were like oh we'll talk about how to get over a relationship but it kind of ended up being like a (laughs) self-empowerment thing which to be quite honest is kind of like what made me want to start this 
podcast adventure in the beginning was um, after I got out of my last relationship and just all of the things that I learned about feeling the feels and, um, you know, understanding how to interact with other people in like really mature and uh, effective ways. So um, that's like the biggest message. Like I, if I can like pass on tools for how people can feel empowered, especially in their biggest moments of weakness, like, Hey, I feel great about that. Yeah. Really? And I, yeah. And I I actually really love, yeah, where it went. It's just, yeah, there's really no, like I said in the beginning, like there's no really right or wrong. And it's just kind of doing your best to be a healthier and more effective person and, and take care of yourself. Definitely. Well, is there any, uh, last notes that you have before we sign off here um and you know what this is something that i use for myself that doesn't really work for everyone but if someone is breaking up with me and i it also is someone that you know take it with a grain of salt because i also am someone who is fairly self-aware um but it very much helps me to kind of be like you know what like this is their loss. I'm only going oh, to get do that better. <laughs> yeah, I'm only going to get better. I'm only going to focus on myself. And I'm and I'm I'm going to do it for me, right? And it's making sure that you're doing it for for you in the end. Of course, if you want to be like, "Well, I'm going to fucking spite yes. this person and get buff as hell." Like, do you got to do? Yeah. But ultimately, I'm I hope that it shifts. <laughs> I'm very guilty of that. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be a better person, whether it's like whether you're in my life or not. Eventually, like I'm gonna be better, and like you get to watch. So, yeah, if but that's what drives you, right? If that's how it starts, I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. Yep. But agree. in the end, you know, that's still living your life for someone else. In the end, I hope it shifts to actually. You know what? Doing things good for myself just feels good for me. Hopefully, at the end of the day and at the end of the journey, you realize that the person that you're most in love with the entire time is you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's it's hokey, but like it's true. <laughs> but that's that's it for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, guys, if you have any thoughts, like uh, I feel like breakups is are is a pretty big topic. Um, you know, we all go through them at one point or another. Some of them, uh might be easy some of them might be really painful some of them might be trauma ridden uh maybe all of your exes are um awful people like mine not not all of them uh two in particular (laughs) um uh but yeah like write us uh if you have questions in particular about breakups um you know i think uh uh we have a couple different you know takes here so we would love to hear uh what your thoughts are and if you have any questions for us um and for anna lovelace and rachel dalton this has been wine dine and 69 and let's keep talking